to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I have a really great episode today for you entitled Why Your Dog Isn't Responding. I think it's going to be really helpful for every single person listening because we have all been there. Um, But before we get started with that, um, I just want to say happy holidays, everyone. I know it is a bit strange with COVID and I'm sure your rituals and celebrations probably aren't what they once were, but I hope that you still have a lot to be grateful for for and I hope you're still um, able to spend some time with your loved ones. Um, So I wanted to just catch you guys up on a few things. So in the new year, I'm going to have amazing episodes for you every Friday with training inspiration, um, with special guests, some solo episodes, and then I will also be restarting hashtag Pitbull Stories so you can see a new, I I should say you could listen to a new episode of Pitbull Stories every Wednesday starting in January. Um, For those of you who are listening who are not familiar, I have an online coaching program for reactive dog owners called Reactive Redefined. You guys, Reactive Redefined is getting a major upgrade and I'm so freaking excited for the next round of people to join Reactive Redefined. We've got new videos, we've got new concepts, we've got new ways to support you. So keep your eye out for that. And I just wanted to give a huge thank you to all of you for your support. I truly adore this podcast and it has been such a joy sharing um, all of this training info with you all. So uh, let's talk about why your dog isn't responding. So oftentimes my clients tell me that their dog knows something and they're choosing not to do it. And while I know it feels true, (laughs) I know it feels true, um, it really is not true in the sense that they're intentionally blowing you off. It is much less emotional than that. Dogs really operate from repeated behavior. Reinforced behavior gets repeated. Um, And I want to kind of break down the reasons why your dog might not be responding and help you shift away from the they know it and they're intentionally not doing it um, because that couldn't be any further from the truth. Okay, guys, so when we're looking at why our dogs aren't responding, I want you to think of four major components. One, your dog's motivators. Two, your dog's emotional response. Three, your dog's learning history. And four, your dog's reinforcement history. So if we look at all four of these topics, we realize that there's so much more going on than our dog intentionally blowing us off. So I want to talk about motivators first. So motivators meaning incentive to do said behavior, right? Whether it's unwanted or desired. So when we're looking at motivators, we're looking at what is actually reinforcing to our dogs, what is not reinforcing, what are we doing that's maybe too big of an ask because it's not motivating enough? Um, 
I often use the term competing motivators. And this is something that I think once you understand it, it makes it much easier to see through the situation and understand why your dog isn't responding. Um, So when we're looking at competing motivators, we're looking at a situation in which we've asked our dog to do something, but something else in the environment is more reinforcing than what we've asked them to do. So an example would be asking our dogs to leave a piece of trash on the ground. Eating the trash is likely more reinforcing to your dog than leaving it. That's not all dogs. I know that there are some dogs who are like not into trash eating. Um, I don't have any of those dogs. Both my dogs love eating trash. trash. But, you know, in in situations where we're asking them to do something, if we're asking them to do something that is too much of an ask, we're looking at competing motivators. When you're asking your dog to do something, to leave something, to come away from something that they find more reinforcing, that's a huge reason why your dog won't respond to a cue, right? Because what you're asking is not motivating enough in the environment. So when you're looking at motivators in our dogs, we want to utilize what is called the PREMAC principle. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you have heard me talk about the PREMAC principle. But essentially, we're using the thing that they find motivating to reinforce the less likely behavior that we're asking of them. So um, an example would be squirrel chasing. So if you have a dog who's constantly lunging at squirrels and you'd like them to leave the squirrel, not pull, look at you, walk nicely on the leash, you may utilize the squirrel chasing as the reinforcement for what you want. Um, Genetic propensities are non-negotiable. They exist in our dogs whether we like it or not. Um, In my opinion, it is innately dog to chase things right? I mean, they're literally bred for it. See something, chase it. So when we're asking them to leave something, to not chase something, that's a big ask. And we're really coming against the competing motivators, right? Because if your dog loves to chase squirrels and you constantly tell them not to chase squirrels, what you're asking is not as motivating as chasing squirrels. So I really want you to think about motivators as a reason why your dog isn't responding. And if you're finding yourself in those situations with your dog, I want you to really think of situations in which you can utilize the very thing you're asking them to leave as the reinforcement for what you want. Okay, so another reason why your dog may not be responding, um, we have to talk about their emotions and we have to talk about yours too. So a dog that is stressed, anxious, fearful, it is very likely that they are not going to be able to respond to you because they are in true flight mode. They're not present. They're not thinking, right? They're not thinking about responding to you. They're not in a headspace in which they can respond to you. So if your dog is stressed, fearful, their tail is tucked, they're desperately trying to pull away, not a time to ask them to do something. That is a situation in which you need to get your dog to a place in which they feel safe before you have any hope of getting them to respond to a cue. Okay, so that is really, really important. We have to take into account our dog's emotions in moments when we're asking them to do things, right? So for example, Waylon is quite petrified of people on roofs. Um, In his early days, he had a negative experience with an XL person and me kind of freaking out. 
Um, so these days he's very afraid. So with Christmas, people were standing on their roofs putting Christmas lights on. Waylon saw one and he startled, right? He pancaked essentially. So that means he kind of like hunkered down to the ground. His ears were plastered back. His tail was tucked. He was really, really worried. So in that moment, I didn't ask Waylon to do anything. I asked Waylon how I could help him. And that looked like me keeping the leash really loose and allowing him a second to process and then choose to move away and me just following him when he needed to create space. So when we're talking about emotions, we have to look at how our dogs are doing in that moment. If they are petrified and they're not responding, we have to solve the reason for being petrified before we can expect them to respond. We also have to think about our own emotions. If you are frustrated, if you have low tolerance for what they're doing and you get frustrated with them, a lot of dogs will not respond to you in those moments. Um, I think that a lot of us get spoiled with dogs that we yell at and they respond. That would be Tifa. I try not to yell at her very often, but sometimes I do. And it works, right? I yell at her. She gives me her attention. She comes to me. She stops doing whatever she was doing. Waylon, on the other hand, his responsiveness just goes off of a cliff if I am angry or frustrated. If I yell at him, if I stomp my foot, if I get really impatient with him, he really won't listen. And that's not a Waylon emotion thing. That's a me emotion thing. I got to check myself and remind myself that being frustrated and yelling at the dog isn't actually going to get the outcome that I want, right? Waylon has really strong trained behaviors. And as soon as I ask nicely, he's more than willing to respond. Okay, so if your dog isn't responding, make sure we're looking at their emotional status. Okay, Um, I think another emotion we have to be really thoughtful about is frustration. If you are asking too much of your dog, if criteria is too high, if there's a bunch of competing motivators, it's very likely your dog isn't going to respond because they're frustrated. It is your job to alleviate that frustration so we can get them to buy back into what we need them to do so that they will respond. Are you catching a theme here? It's really more about you than it is about the dog. (laughs) Okay, so another reason why your dog isn't responding. Learning history. Meaning, right, up until this very moment, their experience learning things and getting consequences for those things. So if you are a convert from using exclusively punishment, Your dog's learning history is if they did a behavior, they got punished for it. So it's very likely that there's going to be some times while you're working on your journey towards embracing positive reinforcement and moving away from punishment and corrections is that your dog has the learning history of trying new things and getting punished for them. So if you're trying to work on something with your dog and they are not responding, it may be some of that fallout from the previous way you were teaching your dog. Some dogs recover quicker from that. Some dogs never quite recover. But remember, that could be a contributing factor into why your dog isn't responding, okay? It really depends on the individual dog and their individual learning history. Um... There is a concept called learned helplessness, and that essentially means that there is so much punishment that they just stop trying and they, they, don't, they don't give you creativity. They don't give you enthusiasm just because they have such a history of punishment. Um, I have seen dogs come from a long history of punishment and be so shut down that they literally wouldn't try anything. They wouldn't try any new behavior because they were so shut down. 
Um, those dogs are going to take a lot of time and patience, but please remind yourself that they're not not responding to be malicious, right? This is It's just their learning history. That's just a culmination of what they've experienced learning new things in their life. Um, when we're talking about learning history, it may be also just a lack of learning history. If you have a young puppy and you're expecting them to heal on an entire walk, they don't have enough learned history, right? They don't have enough learning history for that. They're just babies still. I never recommend that for the record. I always want puppies just to be able to explore the world at their pace. We work on leash manners later. Um, but that may be the, the, the flip side of that, right? Is that they just don't have enough experience with learning to be able to respond to you. Um, remember, it takes years of practice to get good at something for better or for worse. So if your dog has a learning history of constantly yanking on the leash, the leash coming out of your hand and chasing squirrels, if they've been doing that for several years, it's going to take time to get them to respond to something else. So you have to remember that on both sides of the spectrum, right? Is that if they have a really long learning history for doing something you don't want, it's going to take that amount of time probably to get them to the other side of what you want them to do. Okay, so learning history really matters. Um, and, and you can really be thinking about this. If your dog isn't responding, is it because they have a learning history for something else? They don't have enough experience because all of that super matters. Okay, so, so number four here, reinforcement history. So if you have been listening to the podcast, you know what reinforcement history means. That is the buildup of positive things happening for behaviors that your dog does. Okay, so reinforcement history can be from you. Reinforcement history can be from the environment. Um, reinforcement history super matters. And honestly, most of the time, if I have a dog that isn't responding and I've evaluated their motivators, I've evaluated their emotions and I evaluated their learning history and they're still not responding, that is because the reinforcement history for the behavior that I want is not strong enough to combat what is happening in the environment. Nine times out of 10, that is the reason that your dog isn't responding. I shouldn't say nine times out of 10 because everyone's experience is different, but a vast majority of the time, it's a reinforcement history deficit, right? They don't have enough reinforcement history for the thing that you want. Oftentimes I hear people say, well, I'm never going to have a long enough reinforcement history. They're never going to be able to choose to do X, Y, or Z. And while in the short term, that feels true, in the long term, it really isn't. Um, for those of you listening who are not familiar, Waylon is my American Staffordshire Terrier, who will actually turn four um, in January, and he has truly helped me understand the progression of reinforcement history. Waylon is a dog who finds a lot of reinforcement in the environment away from me, and in his early hiking days with me, he got a lot of reinforcement for being away from me. He would find... <laughs> animal carcasses, poop, um, things to chase. He was getting a lot of reinforcement for being away from me. So I had to kind of flip the script a little bit. We did a ton of stuff on the long leash. And these days, all of the reinforcement history that Waylon and I have built up over the years for checking in with me, for choosing to come with me, for choosing to come when I call him in distracting environments is really, really adding up. And I got to be honest, you guys, hiking with him these days is getting so much more enjoyable for both of us because the reinforcement history is strong enough. 
We can be hiking in the woods. He could be off leash and he is still choosing to come when I call him and check in with me of of his own volition. That is reinforcement history, right? So when we're looking at why our dog isn't responding, it's very likely a reinforcement history issue, okay? So all of this takes time and finesse to master, but I here so often my dog isn't responding because they know and they don't want to do it and I really don't think that that is very often the case right it is very likely a motivator an emotion learning history or reinforcement history that is the major contributing factor to your dog not responding the great news is that we can control all of these. We know all of this information. We can utilize it in our training sessions and what we're asking of our dogs and in turn get dogs that respond far more frequently. Um, as someone who has been immensely frustrated with Waylon for not responding to me, I can tell you that it is worth it. It is worth every high value food reinforcement I have shoveled into his mouth. Um, it's a beautiful place to be in, right? To have a dog who is responding the vast majority of the time and that can be you and your dog. So if your dog isn't responding, I encourage you to always look at motivators, emotions, learning history, and reinforcement history. You guys, I really hope that this episode was helpful. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, take a screenshot of it and tag me over on the Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. If you're new around here and you don't follow me on Instagram, I want to invite you. I share so much training and inspiration and practical training tips over on the Instagram. And I think that it can be of immense value to you. And to all you beautiful reactive dog owners, if you need support, please check out my online program, Reactive Redefined. Everybody, happy holidays. Smooch those puppies for me, and I am already looking forward to the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about how you can connect with me for training, you can go to my website, agfdogtraining.com. If you'd like more training inspiration and insight, you can follow me on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. If you'd like to become a member and support the podcast, please check us out on Patreon. You can check us out at patreon.com slash disorderly dogs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you really like this podcast and you want to go above and beyond for me, you could leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts to help more like-minded individuals find us.